the squirrel that we talked about earlier on was quite important. You go through life collecting little nuggets of information or things that you then arm yourself with. You don't know when you're going to get a chance to use them, but at some point they're there for a reason. And that becomes your main treasure. In the room, 52 Jokers Wild. Hello and welcome to 52 Jokers Wild. And we have a very, very special guest in the room today with me on my show. And you all know today the 130 shows was mine. They're all mine. And I just put up with George. Well, now I have him on as a guest. And here he is, the one and only George. George, welcome to my show. What are you doing here? <laughs> I don't know. I must be out of my mind. I must be completely gone bonkers <laughs> coming onto the garbage. But no, here I am. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get chatting about something. So we've, we've actually been having a, a good preamble chat beforehand. And one of the things that we've started to, we were concerned, I think, because we, we, we've gone on this three-year journey. We started off with one thing. We put a lot of effort in the preparation work for it and, and really got into the nitty gritty of what we were going to do as part of the academy. Then we decided that we'd start to talk to people. And as you say, over the last 30 shows, we've been interviewing a, a range of people. And, and I was totting up that we've actually spoken to four people at least who have film festivals. But the information that we've been gleaning has really kind of helped us see where where is it that the film industry actually operates or doesn't operate. And I think that's something that we're, we're really kind of fascinated because it's not that we're putting the brakes on, but we also need to be so careful that if we dedicate ourselves totally 100%, which I know a lot of people say you should do, you could actually go down a cul-de-sac that could lead you nowhere. Because I'm hearing echoes through our conversations with people from the last 30 years that I've been involved. And I'm seeing... I've, it, history repeats itself time and time again. And I'm seeing the same kind of story, not the stories, but the same story that people are telling about their journey into the film industry being repeated time and time again. And, and I think what we've been trying to do, Garvin and myself, is to try and look at how do we break outside that mold? Is it possible to break that mold? And, and, and you know, the responsibilities of people to to the productions that they're doing, especially towards their investors, is is a key issue that a lot of people aren't necessarily addressing. So that's where I'm at at the moment, Garvin. There you go. I'll bring you back into the conversation. Well, so so <laughs> you a really good interviewee, no? No, no, I was, think, I was thinking about me. I was thinking about me. <laughs> you, you, you might have been talking about something. I don't know what it's it was. And awesome. as you know, don't care. Wasn't listening. And that's what I do with all the guests on this show. <laughs> I, I interrupt when I notice something I want to talk about. So, so George had a couple know, of words there. Yeah. These three I years I was inside in. his head, but I, it that's doesn't it. seem as though I was. No he paraphrases what I'm talking. <laughs> you said you were yodeling down a tunnel and you could hear the echo coming back. And that was what that's your it. voice went into my head and it bounced around that empty tunnel and came out the other side. And I, I said, you stop talking because <laughs> the yodeling disappeared but i heard you i heard you you're talking this talk we're talking this talk or a talk or some talk for three years now three i was again i said i was up the ladder i was painting i was listening to a bunch of our earlier shows and i'm really really enjoying them i came i came out to the, into the room today being the room the virtual room and said to george I've, I've worked out a little bit more of Instagram. I, I was able to get up one of our shows on Instagram. Oh, we've only got 62 subscribers on YouTube. 
The world needs to hear us. The world needs to know that we have gone through a hundred shows of leading from the edge, imposter syndrome, fear, listening, not listening, frustration, family, COVID-19, 2021, 22, and all the rest. And like everybody else, we're human. And what I was realizing is we are human. We don't have the feckin' answers. We don't know what we're doing on this planet. No one gave us an instruction booklet when we popped our head out the first door and we won't even go there. It's from cradle to grave. And lots of people are doing lots of different things. And we, we just, we're just doing what we think we should be doing till, till, some, till someone else pushes us onto a different track or suggests a better way forward. The great thing here is we're moving. We've said this before. We've, we, we found ourselves three years along the line. And it's the fastest three years of my life. And, but there's 120 shows. We've captured 120 hours of it. And I love them all. I'm really pleased with what we've done. And I know we're talking to no one again, but it doesn't matter because the only person that matters is George and me and the family might get to see or hear a later date. And it doesn't really matter because we're, we're talking to the universe and God and going, is this right? Is this okay? Will this help someone else? Will this help me? Do we keep on doing this? Should we? Should Yes, we need to keep on turning up. We don't know everything. We need to ask more people for help. But we've realized in all our questioning and reasoning and, and talking to ourselves in the universe, anytime we talk to anyone else, whether they want to admit it or not, are doing the same thing. They don't know where they are. They don't know where they're going. And we look in, we think they're great. They're the boss of this, the expert at that. They just keep on turning up. They're, on a, they're, 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 they're a mouse or a hamster on a wheel. They can't get off. And they don't even know what they're doing half the time. Some know what they're up to. Some know where they're going on that hamster wheel. They're going at 90 miles an hour and they keep on going and they keep on putting the effort in and they will burn out and they're still going nowhere. We have got off the wheel. We've gone four-wheel drive. We're enjoying ourselves. We're three years in. I listened to a show yesterday that George said, it's okay, it's a seven-year journey. I says, we haven't got a seven-year yet yet. We're only three years in, so we're barely starting. We're barely touching, <laughs> the, the, touch, touching the surface. When we add those next five years in, we're going, we're nearly 65, 60 years of age. And the Burks, I am a Burke. My sisters are Burks. And whatever way we, we were born into this world, we keep on putting in excuses as to when we will actually start. And it turns out it's when our, all our kids have gone to college, finished, have their own families, they've given us grandkids, then we will start our own journey. But I don't think, well, that's what we keep, because I don't know where I am. I don't know where the start is. George, I got to give it back to you. Yeah. Are you happy for the three-year start? Are you looking for the seven-year itch and give it a scratch? Are you happy to get off the hamster wheel? Are you a hamster? Are you a rat? Are you, I, are you a bunny I rabbit think, out of the headlights? Yeah. Well, I think we're always bunny, bunny rabbits in the headlights. I think that's something we're always going to be. But I do think that um, we've talked about this before, that you have to be in the now. There are things that you have to plan for. So, for example... Uh, I've just finished one course. I'm doing another course. And it's not that I don't want to be doing all these courses. And I know a lot of people keep saying, oh, you shouldn't be doing these courses, but it's given me an opportunity to meet more people, which then adds a bit of variety to what it is that we do in our, in our own lives. And it's, it is set in certain targets. So, and, and I can work with these in the background and those I think are very important to have certain targets that you're aiming for. 
um they can be small things they could be like learning to play the guitar they could be you know actually you've you've set a target in what you're doing Garvin, with your house you, you you're showing your the potential audience that we have here that there are certain parts of your house that have now been renovated and it's and each part of it each step of the way you're cataloging that journey but you're not trying to do everything all at once and i think this is something that we started to talk about before is that quite often we're put into a situation where it's everything or nothing and you kind of go well no it needs to be broken down into its small component parts so we can work on one bit at a time and then create the jigsaw puzzle once we've had all those once each bit's finished then it should plug into the bigger bit around it and that's the thing that we're, we, we've been trying to do. And we have a big picture that we're trying to fit all the pieces into. And it is taking a long time to get through. Uh, the other thing is it may not be us that comes to the other end to see it. We're just the ones that initiating it. And it could be that people that pick it up later on are the ones that see the fruit of the labor that we're actually been, been doing. So I'm echoing something I did last Sunday. <laughs> so it's quite interesting. You're this preaching. is the journey. This is the journey. Of, well, no. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's it's called that. It's called the preaching. But no, I, I, think I, I, I rephrase that, George. You're, yeah. you're, you are currently preaching to the converted because you converted me a while back. We're on to go on this journey. <laughs> there you, go. you preach to me every now and again. To, or, no, sorry, I say preach, you say coach. You your yep, mentor. I go, it, but some, when I'm not when I'm not <laughs> open to it. It's preaching to the unconverted, and yeah, yeah. I, mean, I do know I'm being coached and mentored, and you know, and not being preached at, you know, yeah. and I don't even know what the difference is, but the great thing here is we're on, we're, you know, we're in the, I think the, difference, the, is, I think the difference is the difference is that what happens is that the person that's, that is being coached is being led to believe they're the ones coming up with their own ideas. And all we're doing is sowing seeds to let them grow themselves. And if they accept those ideas, they'll move them forward. And if not, well, that's okay. We'll go and find another garden somewhere else. <laughs> No, that actually reminds me of a show. I mean, and it was—I think it was Wayne Jenner, and it was a mispronunciation of "it's it's let your garden grow." As well, but what actually turned out to be was "let your garden grow." And we That's and it. I do, and I'm reminded of that show and go, "You need a garden <laughs> in you all," and not not in any you know dirty way or otherwise. It's more I'm an upstart in the room with George. He doesn't, he can't control me what he wants. Yeah, he can, but I I, I keep on annoying him because I'm. He actually should know better. He expects it at this stage. <laughs> Therefore, I don't know why it's a surprise that I'm going to interrupt. I'm going to keep on talking. I'm not going to be aware of the guests. No, I am. But I'm just not going to change. I'm going to change me enough to be cognizant of them. But I'm not going to stop and filter that little curved ball. Because I think what we need and what we keep on reflecting back now is our combination of me and him and him and me and someone else and or some other or not is we want an element of the unexpected and then that gives a little bit of mystery to life because there's a difference. If we keep on turning up and it's a me too, same old, same old, and we expect we nearly can guess what's going to be said or done next, then why bother turning up? That's just auto replay. So yeah. we're not on auto replay we like to put in curveballs. You know, we will get back to what the show was called, which is we keep up for every single show. We forget. It's called In the Room. In but the room. what we were meant to be doing with the guests and all ourselves is bringing an elephant in and having a chat about it. And there's yep. no elephants in the room. Well, the only elephants in the room is these two bulls at the best of time, talking <laughs> bull. But we want now, we will bring elephants back in the room. 
because yeah. that's the we don't want to be talking about the subject at hand that are the experts in. We want to know the relevant because that's the thing they're not the expert in and want to coach, be mentored on, helped with, guided over, have someone else have an opinion or just share the idea. Well, so the other thing you. is that it, it's usually a white elephant that we keep looking at. But one of the things that's coming to mind as you've been talking about that is that quite often it's the elephant in the room that's molded the person into the way they think and the way they do things and how they move forward. And it helps them to deal with quite often those chance moments, those moments that you can't plan for that suddenly hit them square in the middle of the face <laughs> and they have to try and adapt to try and work with it. And then the more they get comfortable with that, which I think is what's happening in these shows, the more that they can cope with the, the, the situations they find themselves in on a day-to-day -day basis that they weren't expecting because we like to control things. All these structures that we create for ourselves normally contain us that's the silo we're all building little silos we don't realize it but all the little things are creating are these little silos that kind of hold us back and prevent us from actually growing and developing and moving like you talked about a short time ago the fact that you know uh, as as a family tradition you you guys tend to um come up with excuses with why i can't move forward and and you create this little silo this little thing that you've created once and then once that happens it's done you create something else that's another reason why you can't do that Whereas if you kind of go, well, here I am now, what we're going to try and do is to see if we can move this forward and, and try some experiments, not try and do everything, but just work a little piece at a time and, and throw it out there and see what happens, see what nuggets come back. And we've, we've been guided, I think, by some of the possibilities that have come to us through that experimentation. And I think life is an experiment. And I think that's what we're trying to do. So it isn't a three-year plan. It's not a five-year plan. It's not a seven-year plan. It's what what do we need to do at this particular point in time to move, keep on moving, keep having opportunities to keep on moving because we are seeing lots of obstacles are coming at us that we, that you couldn't have seen even three months ago. And they're, they're suddenly presenting themselves to us and you kind of go, all oh, right, that's something else that we now have to cater for. So we have to adapt to be able to you know, maneuver around those obstacles so we can keep going along the course that we want to actually go. But again, we don't know what, where the detours are going to be in the road. Or, or whether there's a white elephant or there's a bear suddenly popping up in the middle of the road that's going to sort of change the angle. <laughs> or there yeah, may well, be again, some rapids. <laughs> what, what's, what's great is even, the, like, people say, what are you doing? What are you? We have a business show. We have a film business show. We also have a coaching, mentoring, startup show. And we just have a show where you come into the virtual pub and you have a chit-chat about the elephant and where the elephant is going, and what jungle it's in, and whether you should shoot it, skin it, mount it, or just let it go free. We don't know. But the whole point here is you gotta go a little bit of hunting. You gotta you gotta eat that elephant a bite at a time. And you know, sometimes the ant on the back of an elephant's arse, you know, he has he has his, a big mouth, he's well able, give him some time, he'll eat it. And, and, and he'll you'll, you'll be able to deal with your elephant. But what I'm realizing, and I think George is as well, is I'm not worried that three years has gone past. I had the best three years of my life in the sense of doing the something different that I couldn't, had I gone back for, I couldn't have arrived at that I'd be doing this. And I don't even know what this is, but I know I like it. And I want to do more of it. I want to get paid for it. It'd be great if I get paid for it. But that, that aside, that is not the reason not to do it. And that's where sometimes we has an if-then type scenario and people go, I'll do it if, and then I'll do it then. And if, if this happens and that happens, I'll keep on going. But 
we're trying to put in the conditional reason why not. We're trying to go, oh, well, that didn't happen, so I'm, stop, I'm not doing it. Uh, or it didn't happen by when, I'll stop doing it. It's good of our targets and plans, but it, that you're saying, well, this is a, I, there are valid reasons to stop. We gave it enough time, energy, and budget, and it didn't work. I'm, I'm stopping. But most of the time, what you're meant to be doing is realigning your plan. You're meant to be pivoting. You're meant to be going, well, that doesn't work, then this. You're not meant to, why is it not working? It, you know, are the customers there? Are, is the is the product good? It, like, is there a market for it? We've talked to a bunch of people that represent the industry in the festivals, and what we were talking to them about was the bit that we wanted to talk about, not the bit that they wanted to talk about, because they're seeing the evidence of success for films being shown at, at a festival. We're, we're more concerned about the ones that didn't get made, didn't get to the festival. You know, when ten are shown, ninety aren't. The gatekeeper, the algorithms that basically prevent your product from getting seen by the market because of the amount of competition or because someone else filtered it out or even the machine, the ghost in the machine, AI algorithm filtered it out and it didn't get seen. So we're, we we even feel that ourselves in the sense of we have all this great stuff, we put it on Podbean, Spotify, YouTube, this, that and the other and no one's seen or heard of it. And you know, no, 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 somehow we know we're breaking through Facebook, YouTube, I'm going 62 subscribers. I'm going, I've actually got twice the amount of hours of output than I have subscribers in the room. But it's, I know it's my fault. I know it's our fault because we haven't figured out the algorithm. We haven't played to the algorithm. We haven't put budget to the algorithm because we don't know it. And I don't, in some ways, I don't want to know it because if I start knowing it, I've got to spend more time over there. I just wanted to do it itself. But that is wrong. And that's where we come back in and we need to, what George just said, he's doing courses, he's investing. The best investment you can make is investing in yourself. But it's not doing a course for the sake of doing a course. It's doing a course for the want of not doing anything else. And when you're doing something to be investing in yourself, and not lose that time. We mentioned in a different show, don't be doing nothing in a noting time to be doing something. We do anything. And if that anything is investing in that time in your future self and friends and family and the chance of breaking that algorithm down or getting around it or over or through it or, or getting the element just, you're a bloody elephant, for God's sake, ram it, char- charge through it. We don't need to go around it. But most of the time, we don't know we, we're, that we're an elephant ourselves and we have the power and the strength and the momentum to get things done but we i think we're an elephant with, a, with self-awareness consciousness of oh i think i'm an ant i i see i perceive myself as not being able and that's where we have to invest back in a better mirror to see you're strong you're capable you're, you're you know you can move mountains if you want to you just have to make up your mind. Back to you, George. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> I, I think it's interesting because uh, there's a couple of things that are coming on to my mind there. One of the, one of the problems is that we, we think that we have to do this on our own. And, and, and quite often we get hit by all these self-doubts that sort of prevent us from actually moving forward. And yet by simply doing, which is what we've done for the last couple of years with the podcast, because the podcast has only been going for nearly, not quite two years yet. Um, but, but we, we just, what was really good about it was we've been talking about it and thinking about it and come up with ideas of what we wanted to do. Uh, and you can overthink it 
to a point where you don't do it, it it just doesn't become practical to do whereas what we ended up doing was just stepping out taking faith in that first effort to do the first video very self-conscious talking about the imposter syndrome and then before we knew it we'd accumulated what we've now accumulated around 120 uh episodes in what we've been doing and it's so natural now that we don't have to think about it it's like driving a car we we're now able to just set these up we're not worried about the cameras we're just having a conversation between two people even though we're about 200 miles away from each other or 120 miles away from each other whatever it is um but we're able to have this conversation it's quite natural we're not worried about the technology around us we we know that once we've got going you know things will work out and then I know that once I've got the ga materials gathered together, I can I can edit it. So, but what's what's also interesting is is that quite often there are moments that happen that we have no way of knowing what was their chance moments, but they're things that seem to to indicate that there's somebody else guiding us. <laughs> God will say the universe, I'll say God. But the thing is that we know that there's somebody guiding us, that we're where we need to be right this moment, and that we're 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 using the time we can to equip ourselves with the tools that we need to keep steadily moving forward, which is why I'm doing the counseling course, which is why I've done some of the other things. But I'm also, what's also fascinating in the last couple of days is that um, for a lot of companies going back to uh, work after COVID and now talking about a four day week, and there's this, 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 this you know, it's the same money for what you got for five days, but they're encouraging people to go, go and do a four-day week and they're looking at the productivity of the companies and in one of the trials that they did some of the members there had an opportunity to spend more time with their family which helped develop the relationship with the family the wife the children everything else another one uh because her partner was uh, in some african country was was learning the, the the native language of that country so that she could spend more time with him you know, and, and communicating. So there's, a, there's, again, they're thinking of the future, they're planning of something they can do, but they're not letting things hold them back. They're just doing it. They're going ahead and doing it. And I think what was interesting about some of the things that you talked about, about just getting on and doing stuff, um, there's elements that we don't know about, but that we're not allowing those to hold us back. A lot of filmmakers use that sort of technique. There's, there's so much they don't know, but they have a way of telling stories they want to tell those stories they're so passionate about telling those stories that they'll just let it come out because they have to um and one of the one of the things i have noticed because i've done this in the past myself is that if you keep putting blocks in the way i i can't do this because i haven't got the money i can't do this because i haven't got all the people i i, I can't do this because i haven't got the right equipment i can't do this because it's the latest equipment you end up killing yourself because you'll suddenly find that there's no time has gone past and you've not been able to do anything whereas if you go and say well look it may not be the best but i can use this i mean somebody shot a feature film on a on a mobile phone recently uh well they've been doing it for quite some time but it was what was available to them they didn't have to go out and find other resources and i think if you're like a squirrel and you just keep on collecting bits and pieces that come across you come across like you know i i recently bought a little recorder because I needed it for a certain thing. But I know that if I'm in the room with Garvin and we've got a couple of guests, I can stick a little microphone recorder and a little lapel mic and I can record and gather information. So we're all trying to be squirrels now, gathering nuts, little nuggets that we can put up there that we know that we can use. And, and often it's, it's when you least expect to use it that suddenly the reason why you've collected this thing is there for you to be able to do the job that you want to do. 
and and it takes years it's you know everybody expects these things to happen instantly but it can quite often take you know 20 30 years before you you're really where you want to do and you just keep, you just need to keep practicing so it becomes an unconscious act of what you're doing and that's what i think a lot of filmmakers are doing uh, and you don't even remember, like Garvin and I are talking about the fact that um, we're not experts. We don't consider ourselves experts. But if someone triggers me in a certain direction, I go off and go, duh, 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 and I haven't even thought about it. It's so second nature. I, I'm not thinking about the process. I'm just doing it because it's, it's now built into my subconscious. And that's what I think we have to do with, with a lot of what we're doing. We're now building into our subconscious that every week at a certain time, we try to record something. And if nobody turns up to do the interviews, and we have had a couple of situations where we, we, we've been ready to hit record and we've been waiting, we've watched the clock. Yes, the guest is meant to drop in now and they've not turned up. And we've kind of gone, okay, well, that wasn't meant to be the show today. Let's do something else instead. And we've just adapted. We've adapted to the situation. We've made sure we've constantly got something going out. And I think we're doing all we possibly can do. But what we're doing, like any seed, we're sowing the seeds and letting chance or letting God or letting the universe, however you want to look at it, um, do their bit. That's the magic bit. You know, we don't control everything. We have no way of knowing what's going to happen, but we can see the magic that's going on when we allow the seeds to go in there, to die, to grow and, and, and see some amazing things actually happen. And I do believe that we will have a, an audience that will come and see what we're talking because we're talking about universal things. We're talking about things that, deep down within each one of us there's some kind of meaning that drives us forward we've had this covid that's kept us indoors it's kept us away from other people and there's a drive now to try and work out how do we bring people in and quite often the biggest problem is that because we've been isolated we've been thinking about our own individual selves but quite often it's not what we on our own can do it's what we can do collectively and we need to get back into that way of socializing with people so that we can see that together we can solve these problems that we have. They're not problems. They're things that we want to do, uh, but they, they, they set challenges for us. Uh, like, for example, Garvin had somebody contact them and says, oh, well, actually, they, they threw it out to the universe. Can somebody help me out with a, uh, something that looks like a convent? And he, he just went out and said, yeah, yeah, I could help you out. And now all of a sudden there's a team of people coming together that will go and work on a little project. Um, and out of that, there'll be the nuggets of conversations that start to develop and relationships that start to develop and bigger things will come from that. And we, we have no idea what that's going to be. We don't even need to worry about it. We can just enjoy the process that we go through when that, when we encounter those other people in our lives. I don't know how long I gave you there, George, but it's too long, too long. No, I, I mean, <laughs> my voice was going because what happens is if I don't talk and keep the juices flowing, my voice starts to crack and break up. But I'm wondering, should I let you know what the universe is doing in my place at the moment here? Because a, yeah, a big face looked in the window. A big ugly face looked in the window. No, it's not. All these face. people, sure. you seem reacting. Eamon <laughs> is his name. And he's, 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 doing, he's fixing a hole in the roof. Now, the roof, my roof is 50 foot, 60 foot in the air. So he has to get to this little hole, or big hole. I don't know what, if it's big or small, you got to put a bunch of scaffolding up. It's a two-man job to get to look, to find out if it's a tile. Now, it's on the inside of my house. There's four different places being affected by this leak. And this leak is undoing all the work that I'm doing in a sense of decorating and repairing and prepping and painting. And then it rains and then this big stain comes in and half the roof falls in. <clears throat> and all it is is a bit of water and a hole of a couple of tiles 
50 foot or 60 foot up in the air. And I'm reminded of what does that remind me of in terms of, see, big, little things can become big things. And it's a little thing to fix if only you could reach it and you had the expertise. But where it is, it's going to take a two-day man job of scaffolding and repair at a cost of, let's say it's a thousand pounds, probably much, much more to fix what you could have stuck a bloody plaster on if you could only reach it. And on the inside, I'm at the spending thousands doing up the work and it's been undone by water, by rain. And I'm going, I didn't know about this thing till after I'd already done the other thing. So, Little things can have big impacts, yeah. both in terms of ruining or improving. Now, at the same time, myself and the wife was said, right, whatever it takes, we have no choice. We have to fix this little thing at a big cost so it doesn't undo the big thing with you know which, which we put bigger into. So you've, you're committed, you're investing here. You can't not follow through. You can't leave a small thing that's going to undo it all. And that's like I'm reminded of the films and, the, and all the work and effort is going in, whereby some, something small is now something big. If you can't get that relationship or can't get that money or can't get that out, you have all the working pieces, all the relationships, but one. Now, I'm not going to say investor this, that, or the other again, or sales and distributor. It doesn't matter. Or agent. That, or in my mind, all that is not that at all. It's actually your relationship with the gatekeeper stroke algorithm is what you're not in control of. And it's a big thing and it's a small thing. A big thing to you if you know nothing about it. A small thing to someone else with the expertise. And and they can charge for it. But at the end of the day, it's critical you don't leave it out or it will undo everything and take all the value away and for all the effort that went before and disempower. So I'm, I probably have to say to this guy, what do you want? How big is the hole? How much is it going to cost? Have you fixed it? Can you fix it? Can you find it? My fear is they're going to do all that work. I'm going to pay a bill and they won't even find a problem because the problem is invisible. You're searching out and hoping you're fixing it by addressing an area where you can't see what's causing the problem. We can't see the algorithm. We can't see what's stopping putting our work and effort out. And we can throw any amount of stuff at it, but if it's the wrong thing in the wrong place, it's not going to make a blind bit of difference. It's just going to cause us more money, effort, and frustration. So we need to identify the right problem. We need to address it properly with the right expertise, give it the right budget, because it's not a cost, it's an investment. I think one of the things that's quite interesting there is that um, we, we keep thinking that sometimes the person that is in front of us is the expert and we put a lot of faith in them and think that they know what's what. But what we have to do, I think, is do the preparation. We talked about that earlier on. And part of that preparation is, is understanding what they know and how they can do it and, and also how they will put their plans into action. Because quite often, you know, you, you want to see, I, I saw people working on our house with the renovations, you talking about your house. And I began to be aware that how many people had the full picture in their head, how many people could see the vision of what was going on. And technically it was just me, my wife and the, and the contractor. Everybody else came and did their little bit of a job, but you needed to know how they worked, how they operated. And quite often the person that you, you had there wasn't the best person to do the job. And what we have to learn is, is how to ask the questions and not be frightened to ask the questions and sometimes reject 
thing that we've seen in front of us because that could be the one that's blocking us from seeing the real thing that's just around the corner. Now, I'm going to be terrible, George, and go, the thing here, and I'm reminded of yeah. again, is I think this guy fixed this problem before. No, he didn't. He fixed what I asked him to do before, yes. but that may have not been the problem. So you, what, enough of times, especially in cars, I've paid for what I've asked for, and they yeah. fixed it. But it wasn't broken, or I came the next day, the problem, or the evidence of the problem, I still have. I go, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I should have fixed this. I go, but that's not causing that. Something else is. And normally you open up a can of worms and there's a bunch of problems that yes. lead to this evidence. And that's what we're, we think the problem is. It might not be. I know I have a leak because I can see the evidence. I've got the water coming in. It may not be hmm. there because water travels. It comes in from the other side of the house and it makes his way here. And he, he's done the effort. He's gone up the pole. He's put up the scaffold and he's got three men working on it he's he's done he, he spent his time and i've got to pay for it and i still have a leak but yeah. it's he didn't promise to fix the leak he promised to address where it more likely is coming from yeah he's yeah. i didn't ask him to identify where it came from and trace it and find it because that's a near impossibility in this house i'm hoping the best guesstimate 80 20 is going to if it's there and all evidence seems to point to there. Yeah, with the best chance of getting it is there, and it's the best man for the job. But, but we, sometimes that, that's not the problem. Yeah, no, it's fascinating because what's what what you're reminding me of is some conversations that we had in the last couple of years that you, where you were talking about the problems that you were having. You were being asked to go into companies um, to, to to look at the system and how to manage that system economically. And what you were finding was that because they were inbuilt redundancies and all kinds of, it was stacking up this massive, great, big bloated system that, that really what you were doing was putting a plaster on something that was never going to hold. And that sounds like some of the problems that you're having with your house. But, but in some cases, what you suddenly realized the solution to the problem was to bring the whole thing down and start again, because in many ways, that was going to be the most economical way of doing it. Whereas by keep trying to keep this thing going, that wasn't going to work at all. It was eventually going to get to a point where it I've was just going to collapse. The last thing is you've touched on yeah. it now. The great thing is, and that's what we normally, I think all of us do. Sometimes we're just doing a little fix and pushing it further up the road to when we can better deal with it. But then there's enough of things that, no, that's the critical path. That's the road you want to go on. We've yeah. got to deal with that first. And most people, and including myself and these people, was it's too expensive, it's too dear, it's some cost, I have something else. My car is yeah. not broken, I don't need to fix it. You're going, it's not broken now, but when it is, you're not going to be able to, be fix, able to it. fix it. You're That's going it. To, so it's, it's, it's whether we're not broken yet, so we keep on investing in ourselves. We, I, sometimes we see a couple of creaks and go, we're going to break down. You know, my hips are gone, my eyes are gone, my hair is gone. And at the end of the day, you know, we, we, we can see the signs. We can do something about it now, but later on, it's too late. You know, yeah. you can't fix it after some things are broken. So we want to do the ongoing maintenance. We want to invest in the right direction, the right critical path, and sometimes, and that's why we found our own academy. There are certain figures of time, effort, and money that the value doesn't appear till they're spent and/or invested. And so we we've put them into different timelines. Going, 
well, we'll do easier things, simpler things. We'll readdress them at a later date. And maybe we won't even bother with them but unless it's because uh, they may not be the right thing after we go on a different bit of a journey on a parallel track. But sometimes they are what they are. They will have a cost. They will bring a return. And sometimes the problem of ourselves going, I don't, I'm watching Dragons then again and back to back. And it's, do you believe in it? Would you invest in it yourself? Why would I invest if you won't invest? If you won't, then you're some of the questions you haven't answered yet because you're not 100% confident it is what it is. And therefore, we question ourselves too much and we should maybe have more self-belief and more your stomach and your gut sometimes over, you know, are the right feelings, emotions. They say all the time, your stomach is another brain. It's the right thing. And your brain tries to over-rationalize and come up with all the reasons why not, when the only thing we should be coming up with is the reason why. The interesting thing you said about the Dragon's Den, whenever I've watched the Dragon's Den and looked at what they're actually doing, I, I begin to notice that all the people that are the dragons are very, very risk-averse. The only time they actually put something in is when it's a good sound and they know it's going to work. And they actually put in, they, they, they put in what the person wants but what that person then has done is lost control of, of the mechanism that they were doing. And it's not going to, they're going to lose out. But the ones that are uh, uh, astute to what's going on with the pro the thought processes that the dragons have realize that they need to pull back and not give them anything, uh, which sounds daft because it sounds like that they're letting go of some of the, uh, the investment they're about to get. But what they're able to do is keep some of the control that will allow them to keep the thing going afterwards Whereas, you know, quite often what could happen is if all the control is gone, the first person that could go is the person that came up with the idea in the first place. Now, the other side of it, George, is in the same sentence on the flip side of the coin is the dragon knows, as you said, I'm not risking my money. I know I already yeah. have all the answers that they're missing because that's what I'm doing every day of the week with my other businesses. Yeah. I can just put them in, plug them in, go play and turn this hundred into a million by just adding them in the mix because yep. I'm bringing the value at minimum risk to myself a maximum reward. But they also know that. They're going, if I end up with half, they're going to make me. The mere fact I turn up yep. the show, it's already worth more. If they invest, I'm already worth more. And it's the bigger, it's not the ones that are just little, you know, family business something. It's the dragons going, I want to bring it from 100 grand to a million to 10 million. I see I can do that. You have an idea that I missed. I could have done it if I had a talk of myself. But at the end of the day, it's my job as investor, venture capitalist, yeah. to basically get those 10Xs, 100Xs. And because what we're really saying is 10X, 100X says is everybody wants one. Everybody wants one of those things and they're willing to pay. The, the mass audience is out there and I know how to reach them. And I know, I'm as soon as I say I'm going to invest I'm already turning that tap on. So we we want to find a dragon's den and a shark tank for the film industry and in the film production. It's out there. It's is there. We don't know where it is. It's not. Someone knows. And an yeah. awful lot of people running around like headless chickens out there to have great stories that the end audience should hear, see, hear, wants to watch. We'll never know till we till we get our dragon shark and wrap it around it and open that floodgate of it. This is a it, the, the festivals are a little bit of that. They're great stories. I'd heard an awful lot. They're very artistic and cultural. They're not necessarily Korean mass consumption, mm -hmm. you know, TV, 
but they are identifying a talent that can bring further content to an audience. But we want it to be a mass commercial one. If there's investors involved, they'll want their money back. And the number of one investor is normally yourself in terms of your time, energy, and you want to not lose. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, the interesting thing is that it, when we've looked at certain films, uh, I watched June, the new version of June, and I thought, well, that's really good. I quite enjoyed it. And I was having echoes of, of the, the 1983 or 1985 version of it. And then I sat down and watched that one. And I went, oh, my God, why did I just waste the last two hours of my life watching this? Uh, and I went, how on earth did anybody think that this was going to be successful? Just the, just the storytelling process uh, ruined the film. It just ruined the film. Uh, and I remember I, I remember um, there's a there's a TV series, uh, Jesus Nazareth, was produced in the 70s, right? We're not going to get into what the story is about. But basically, you know from the title, that there was it was it was a 15 hour four part miniseries. Now, a couple of years ago, I suddenly saw the two and a half hour version of it, and I went, "Oh my god, they've cut this to pieces! They've just it hardly falls together. It hardly gels as a story. It's just been ruined based on the memories that we've had." And you can so suddenly accidentally see, ha- George, I'm seeing yeah. things whereby they probably accidentally cut the pieces, but left the bits they were meant to leave out, they left in, the bits they were meant yeah. to leave in, they left That's- out. And what it was was about some carpenter, you know, working in, you know, sort of <laughs> Nazareth, and he was going around, you know, to bars and restaurants and having chats with people and doing faff all. So it was actually all the outtakes, not the intakes. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, the, the, the difficulty is, is that in that particular story, the, the cut down version, the motivations behind some of the actions were suddenly missing because the the context of the story was was taken away and you suddenly went well why did you do that why why did that character do the other and i think that was one of the problems that you suddenly and you see that with a lot of films that that seem to be getting to the cinema at the moment that you're you're getting disconnected because things aren't quite working the expectation so the audience the target audience is not being given a chance to to invest properly their time into the finished piece because at the end of the day, they're an investor as well. Now, I was thinking about what you were talking about, the um, f- needing to find a Dragon's Den person who, in the film industry that would actually op- give that opportunity for people to make their films. And, it, and as you say, it must be going on because there are some films getting somewhere, getting made. Um, but I do think that the preparation work, like if there are, there are lots of film, lots of documentaries about how did these films get made? And when you suddenly look at the way the stories were going on, in some cases, it's almost a miracle that some of these films actually managed to get into the cinema at all. You know, it's, it's almost it's a mass. It's almost a massive great big gamble, which is why I think people are seeing the same kind of problems. Is that what happens in other businesses? No, actually, George, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, that's a question yeah. where I don't we don't even know the answer. But the weird thing is, I'm just reminded of watching the program last night and my wife sort of giggling away to herself going, you want to be one of them. And I was going, yeah, you're right. Is that Dragon's and, Den? But the, Dan Dragon's Den. I want to be a dragon. Yeah. But I'm up there going, you know, thinking it's the, it's the opposite. I'm promising I have nothing to give them. So it's, yeah. yes, I'll take, I'll give you nothing, but I'll take everything. And oh, I'm I'm all, you know, I'm the reason that's going to, I'm going to make you or break you. Because that's what they're really saying, if you think yeah. about it. And like, I've, I'm the bullshit artist and the this, that, and the other. And, I'm, and in my head, I'm, I'm achieving all this great success. But the evidence is the opposite. 
So therefore you're going, why would you be taking advice off of this guy when he can't do it for himself? Now, at the same time, I'm going, we, that same story is resonating. We can make a Dragon's Den. We can actually create a program. It's not that it's a Dragon's Den. It's exactly that. It's, a, it's the elephant in the room for the industry. We can do the pitching, have them come in, and, yeah. and we can rip them apart and put them back together again. Because actually, that's exactly what we're doing. I think I'm on Dragon's Den with these people in the industry. I think I know something, but they're the expert. I'm saying, you're, you, you forgot this, you forgot the other, you're useless, you have no money. Because if you're here, you know, you must be the case. Unless you're, you know, you're getting... The think- strange thing is, I think we it's needed. We need yeah. to be... Our own little, we need to create that. That's what in the room needs to be going forward. It needs to, they will understand we're not here to plumb us. We're here to take you apart and put you back together again. We're here to get um, a a bigger audience and we're here to sell and invest in or not if you shouldn't. Well, if you if you think about what we're doing, if you come from a coaching, counseling, mentoring perspective, it's not that you have the answers, but when you actually get the person to tell their story, which is what we've had people do, we as an outside audience can suddenly see the holes in the story that they've told. And that's and what's happening on Dragon's Den. They're, they're very disappointed when you yeah. had your numbers wrong. They're very disappointed when you, you showed us all this good stuff, but when you look behind the curtain, you didn't yeah. have the IP. You didn't own the rights. You actually bought it off someone else. You, you, know, you had no money and you owed more than you had. So the yeah. real thing is yeah. everyone wants to believe in the story. And if they do believe in the story, they know others will believe and buy. But at the end of the day, sometimes what they're getting is Jack and Ori. It's not real. And they're hoping you make it real when they come in. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Garvin, it's actually your show. So at this particular point in time in the show, which I normally would take over, I'm not going to do the um, concluding part. I'm going to get you to do the summary. So tell, tell us the summary of what you think the show is all about. I've no idea. I just saw the, my, my, my guy leave, and I think he wanted to talk to me, but now I'm going to have to ring him to find out that he couldn't fix the hole. But well, My wife just that, came with a cup of tea, and I had to tell her to go. We're recording. So he's gone now, just as we end. Had we ended 30 seconds before this, I could have talked to him. But Absolutely. What was it, what was it about? George is on the other side of the show. We we have we have a show. That's what it is. And I think we both turn up in it and we know what we can bring, but we don't know what's going to happen with the other half. We have some idea and sometimes not what we expect, but we enjoy that. We've managed to talk to each other for three years solid and not kill each other. I haven't done that achievement with my own family. So at the same time, <laughs> we're going, was it boring? We were able to talk about the subjects we like, other subjects, pick ones at random, meet people we didn't know, make friends, influence people, and be comfortable in our own skin doing it. So we're coming out of the comfort zone. We're we're actually, no, we're very comfortable in any zone, but it looks of it, as long as we don't let the imposter syndrome sort of seep in. And I think that's what the last three years is about. We stop, we, we aren't imposters. We're only going for a chat. We've got expertise. We're not ramming it down people's throats. We will give them a little bit of it if they ask for it. We'll give our opinion if they, whether they do or don't ask for it. George might make you feel comfortable and promote you. You have no hope with that with me. But as I said, because otherwise, it's all as you would expect. So we want you to expect the unexpected. That's what business is about. If you can deal with that, have a risk source strategy, 
not go out of business as a result of these little holes in the roof that are going to let the rain in that's going to turn into an avalanche and a dam. We want to maintain. We want to invest our time in others. We want to create relationships. I've got a great relationship. I think I have. I keep on damaging it every other week and having to repair it with George. But he's someone worth listening to. He's only on for about a third of each show. There's 100 shows there. You can just skip by me and see what he's got to say. He's well worth listening to as a coach, mentor, preacher, even. Confidant, friend, and subject matter expertise from editing to filmmaking and everywhere in between, and sometimes on Star Trek and nanotechnology. So back to you, Joe. Okay. Well, it looks as Have you anything I mean, to say for yourself? Yeah, have I got anything for yourself? I think the, 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 the things, the squirrel that we talked about earlier on was quite important. You go through life collecting little nuggets of information or things that you then arm yourself with. You don't know when you're going to get a chance to use them, but at some point they're there for a reason. You've not been given them for nothing and you will get a chance to, to use them. And that becomes your main treasure, I think, whereas as we think about monetary treasures, but the treasure is actually the tools and the things that you brought with you, the experiences that allow you to solve problems, especially later on. And you have no idea what it is that they're going to solve and how they're going to help people. And that becomes the treasure that you have later on in life that you can use to help other people. I think that's what we're doing. And what we're now looking at is ways to encourage and nurture filmmakers who have a story they want to tell. And everybody has a story. And I think it's important to get those stories out in some form or fashion and medium that they, they is appropriate for that story. Film may not be it. Sometimes it's a novel. Sometimes it just might be an article in a newspaper but it's important to get those stories out. We're looking at how do we get investors' money back for their films, which may be impossible, but we don't know. We're looking to see if we can find that out because some people are, and if they can, so can we. And I think that's the belief that we have, that we will be successful in doing that at some point. So I'll let you Now, Treasure, show. I'm just ending the last word because you have said Treasure, <clears throat> and through 100 shows or more, we've said there's gems and there's nuggets in the mall. That sounds like a treasure box. And the treasure box is on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and podcasts, various podcast platforms. And there's a hundred and over a hundred shows and a hundred, 200 hours and, of gems and nuggets and treasure and trinkets for those that have different values and will give value to different pieces. They're in there for all and sundry to investigate, to search for, to find, to shine up and run with. So please feel free to avail of our treasure box and trove of gems and nuggets. And let us know if you find a couple and shine them up and show us back them and see what you do with them. Go spend them, go invest in them in yourself. So thanks a lot for this episode and listening in and we'll catch you soon enough. Bye for me. Subscribe, like, and whatever the whatever the social media platform you happen to be on wants you to do to actually connect to them. Do that as well. Connect. And we'll see you next week. Bye for now. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Hope you enjoyed this video. Please subscribe and click on the bell for notifications.